0: morning, you're listening to Community In-Depth on AM 1460, KDWA. This hour's in-depth guest is Cindy Lasher. She is a clinical hypnotist. Uh, she comes in every month, and this month we'll be talking about Anxiety. Correct.
1: Correct. Anxiety. Anxiety. What? What? Maybe that person of interest felt as those people were chasing him down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would be fear. I, I think that's fear. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. No.
0: Um, last week, our last month. I keep on saying last week, but last mm. month we talked about anxiety and the number one anxiety of uh, stage fright or public speaking. Right. And this. And uh, how many people? suffer from that anxiety
1: 63 percent of americans suffer from stage fright or fear of public speaking whatever you want to call that it's it's the most common fear or phobia in the country
0: wow mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: fears and phobias uh, anxieties uh, in general and we'll talk about a little bit about the difference there and the similarities um, are very much on the uprise until the 1990s they really weren't being diagnosed and treated that that much uh, and that's when it started a really uptick and a lot of fears phobias anxieties is being treated now i see a lot of people uh, they have already seen their doctors i'm not a doctor i'm not a psychiatrist so i do not um, diagnose uh, nor do I you know, treat or cure phobias uh, I can't prescribe. But it, most of the people that I see are already on a medicine. Okay. They've already seen their doctor, their, their counselor, their psychiatrist, as the case may be. And I see a lot of people on things like Xanax and Seroquel and once in a while somebody on Paxil. So clearly, if they're coming to see me and they're already being, they've already been diagnosed, they've already been put on one of these medicines that's not resolving their issue mm-hmm. or they wouldn't be coming to see me. In three sessions, I generally get results to the point where the anxiety is reduced from, say, an 8, 9, or a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, where 10 is you know absolutely the worst, down to a 3 or less. Okay.
0: Um, what are other forms of anxiety or what is like another form of anxiety? Because when I, when I see anxiety right next to fears and phobias, I see, I you would say, you know, you get anxiety because you're afraid of something. You get anxiety because you have a phobia of something. What else, what other type of anxiety is there?
1: Right. They're, well, they're very common. There are, there are a number of different titles, labels. There's social anxiety where people are afraid to, you know, move out of the house. They're afraid of being in... in Atmospheres, environments where there are other people, Um, there's generalized anxiety disorders where people start to, you know, maybe it starts with anxiety over one thing and then it becomes generalized. Essentially what happens is you you develop an anxiety of your anxiety is where it ends up. I mean, what makes you nervous is the idea of having an anxiety attack in and of itself. That becomes Mm -hmm. more of a fear than the object of you know, fear, the stimulus that originally created the anxiety. And the reason I I put these together and said anxieties, fears, phobias, they all form the same way in the mind. Okay. And I'll give an example of forming a fear of dogs as an example because uh, it's very illustrative. Yeah. So what happens, what the mind does, is it creates associations between two things that Really don't have anything to do with each other. And there are some theories of the mind that say that this is really um, possibly the only thing the mind really does, or certainly it is a very foundational piece. Think about it for a moment, just language in and of itself. Why does the word food bring to mind, and I'm hungry by the way, so there's the (laughs) word that comes first in my mind, you know, bring into mind that RB sandwich that I'm going to get later? Well, Mm -hmm. The letters F-O-O-D, that word food, the sound of that word, has nothing to do with something to eat. Not really. That's an association that we've created. And the mind's very good at associating things, especially where there's emotion involved. So an association is formed when emotion is high and a stimulus is present. So back to the example of the dog. Um, Take a child, and the only fears, as we discussed last time, the only fears you're born with, are the fear of falling, mm-hmm. you know, essentially being dropped as a baby. You don't want that, and the fear of loud noises. So every other fear is learned, and it's learned through this mechanism. This is how the mind creates these things. So the child is two years old, has no fear of dogs, is pulling on the neighbor's dog's ears and playing with the dog, cooing and having a great time, mm-hmm. and. All of a sudden, for whatever reason, she steps on the dog's foot or pulls the ear too hard, what have you, the dog turns and snaps and barks right in her face. Now, at that moment, a fear is created. Okay. The association between the fear reaction, the intense emotion of fear, the unexpected reaction of the dog, the dog's snapping jaws right in the kid's face and now the kid's afraid of dogs
0: okay all
1: dogs all it dogs. becomes quickly generalized it's not just that dog it is dogs Mm-hmm. and so that's how a fear is formed
0: well phobias
1: Fears and phobias and anxieties are all formed in the same way. They're all associations. The, okay. the difference, if you want to be technical about it, um, and I don't get too technical about it because the fact that is they're all formed the same way and they are all released the same way. Um, so fear is when you, for example, that example of the dog would actually be a fear. Something actually happened to create that reaction, that association in your mind. Now, a phobic reaction technically is when you have the fear But, in fact, there's never been an event in your life that you can point to and say, I'm afraid of planes because I was in a terrible crash. Now, if you were in a terrible crash and you were afraid of planes, that would be a fear. And we commonly call fear of flying, fear of flying. Um, People actually have a phobic reaction to, to flying. And people aren't really afraid of flying. Nobody's really afraid of flying. They're afraid of what might happen if the plane should crash. That's exactly. what they're afraid of. Exactly. They're, it's it's not the fall; it's the sudden stop. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a ground that's going to hurt. Mm-hmm. So, what's the best way uh, to deal with these fears and phobias?
1: Well, as we've already mentioned, there there are drugs out there that suppress the nervous system. They don't. There is no such thing as a drug. That's, that's designed or is effective to address a specific fear or a specific phobia or a specific anxiety. They're all a generalized approach to suppress the nervous system, to calm the person down overall. Okay. So they don't do anything to eliminate that association in the person's mind. So I'll, I'll give an example of a, a young woman that I worked with who was already on, uh, I believe she was on Xanax. It was either Xanax or Seroquel. And she had, since the age of about 14, 15, been developing an anxiety that was generalizing. It was starting to spread. But it, the the, the co- core issue was still that she could not eat in public. Okay. Um. She had had an experience where she had had a a blood sugar drop and she had experienced a feeling of anxiety and we'll touch on blood sugar in a bit while she was out at a restaurant and had this terrible feeling that everyone was watching her and she had a coughing fit and it was terribly embarrassing and you know how you are when you're 14 or 15 years old. I mean, life is mm-hmm. embarrassing. Yeah. I find that a lot of people's uh, anxieties and phobias form at that age because you are just terribly sensitive to your environment overall. So these associations tend to form very quickly um, for, for reasons that when you're 30 or 35 and out of that phase of, of being sensitive to, to other people's pers- you know thoughts about you, you wouldn't create the phobia. Mm-hmm. So in any case, um, she's 14 or 15 years old. She has this happen, and now she finds it impossible to go into a restaurant and eat. She'll go out with her friends to a restaurant. She'll go out with her family to a restaurant. She'll order food, and sure. she'll order a box to go right away because she cannot eat it in public. So this is the situation that she brought to me. And so I had what I told her, you know, generally I do this in three sessions. And what I do is I desensitize the person to the emotional reaction that they're having. And then we do some work to collapse the anchor, the association that has formed in her mind. And we do something called future pacing so that she can imagine herself in the future. Now that the emotional reaction is gone and the the anchor, that association is collapsed, it's gone. Now she can see herself in the future. Going through that same situation without any problems whatsoever, feeling calm and comfortable and normal. So that's the progression. That's what I do in sessions with people who have this. We got through the first session, just desensitizing her to her emotional reaction. She came back in for her second session and smiled at me and said, I went out to eat with my family on Saturday. That's good. Yeah, which is wonderful because then that continues to build in the subconscious mind the evidence that this is an okay situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, how about like phobias and stuff like that? How, how would you go about curing that stuff?
1: Well, I don't cure anything because that, that's help just not with what that. Yeah. Um, but to, to help people overcome those issues, absolutely. It's the same process. Because as I said, anxieties, phobias, fears, they all form using the same mechanism that, that association forms in the mind. Okay. And so the process to release it is the same.
0: So you could. You know, hypnotize somebody uh, that maybe be just definitely terrified of snakes or spiders. Oh,
1: sure, yeah, easy. It really doesn't matter what you're what you're afraid of. Now, I will say this: that um, anxiety is is often a symptom that comes along with other ailments, other conditions, okay. and that's why you need to see your doctor, you need to see a psychiatrist, you need to see somebody professional to, to receive your diagnosis. Um, simple anxieties, simple phobias, simple fears that are truly formed by that association, those are very easy to deal with and collapse, and that seems to be, well, it certainly is the majority of the work that I do and the majority of work that, that is brought to me.
0: How about with, uh, when people come in with the anxiety and they're on medications and stuff like that, um, do they s- stop taking the medication because they f- they're better once they're done seeing you then?
1: If they want to stop taking the medication, they need to go back to their doctor. There is no way to get off of those medications without having a program in place to taper off and get off of them. Um, you need to work with your, the prescribing physician or prescribing psychiatrists to get off of those. But I have had people do that. Yes.
0: What's kind of the success rate for that? Do you know?
1: For getting off of? Yeah, for getting off, yeah. Well, I've only had a couple of people that have told me that they've done it. Okay. And the people who told me they were going to do it, and and they did it. That's good. Yeah.
0: So there's always hope. So that kind of stuff. As well.
1: Yeah, those medicines are like, especially <laughs> Paxil is like you know it's like getting hit with a sledgehammer. It's no fun.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, when like being like I mean when you do hypnosis, you can see some weird stuff and stuff like that. Do people come in kind of like with weird anxiety you and stuff like that? You keep asking
1: me questions like that. You keep trying to get a rise out of me. Everybody who comes to me has normal issues. Everyday common there's problems. There's Everyday me. common people. No. I'm just no. trying to help.
0: Like somebody yeah. could be like sitting in a dark room right now because they're afraid of the sun yeah. for some reason. Hey,
1: then then uh, you don't. Know, they don't can, want to be the
0: first weird on
1: people. I'm sh- there, I'm If 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 you can think of it, there's a phobia for it. I, I can't, off the top of my head, tell you what is the the name of the phobia for fear of the sun, but I'm sure there is one.
0: How about like kind of the the, the disclaimer for that? Did you cover that yet?
1: What's that? Oh yeah, that's yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: What was that again?
1: I am not a medical doctor. Oh, that
0: is the disclaimer. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. I work with people on these issues. I work on a referral basis. You, if you, if you feel that you have an anxiety that needs medical treatment, then absolutely, you need to seek that. I can't can determine consult, whether something has a consult, medical ideology. Can etiologies. you consult with doctors I do. and stuff like that? Oh yeah, I do. Absolutely. I have consulted and worked on referral basis okay. on anxiety and on depression, but I need to have the referral basis and the communication with the doctor.
0: Okay. hmm How about the true cost of phobias?
1: Oh, yes. Absolutely. And I have some interesting statistics here. See how carefully I said that word? <laughs> statistics. Um, so bear with me while I find this. now. The true cost of a phobia is what it's, what, what it's worth to you. Now, I've worked with people who could not stand up in meetings at work, and so let's face it, their chances of being promoted and having the career they want were, were at risk, mm-hmm. um, compromised. Uh, I've worked with people who couldn't be out in social situations. They, they didn't have friendships, therefore, and certainly it's really difficult to date. Uh, t- so true cost of phobias need to be measured in those kinds of ways. On my website, I mentioned that having an anxiety is like being in a prison created by your own mind, and it really is a true analogy. I've worked with so many people who could not engage in activities in their lives that they wanted to, and if they didn't want to, then they probably wouldn't have a phobia about it, and they certainly wouldn't be coming to see (laughs) me, but people who... I worked with one lady. she had a fear of flying and she had a fear of riding in buses Re- resolved both of those issues um in one you know one setting um, and she she was a student on a very large campus. she needed to be able to ride the bus she her family's here and she goes to school in Florida. She needed to be able to ride on a plane
0: It'll be a long drive
1: absolutely so Um, here's some, some information. Now the American Psychological Association says that of the people who carefully follow their treatment plan, many patients will begin to improve noticeably within eight to 10 sessions. Now that is an estimated cost of up to a thousand dollars or more than that, depending on the psychologist, psychiatrist that you see. The American okay. Psychiatric Association says that if you carefully follow the treatment plan, you can expect noticeable improvement in 10 to 20 weeks. So that, at a $100 an hour in a, in a weekly session, is over $5,000. Plus, it, you have to consider the travel time to and from to see these people.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a lot of time.
1: It's a lot of time. It's a lot of money.
0: I'm going to stop you right there. Absolutely. We're going to take a break and we're going to come back and how we're going to cut that down. Right. So I'm sure you can. I, I can. I know you can. can. <laughs> You're listening to Community in Death with clinical hypnotist Cindy Lasher.